Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Our featured issuer is establishing itself to become one of the world's leading graphite producers. DNI Metals trades on the CSE symbol DNI and on the OTC DMNKF. Joining us for a conversation is the executive chairman of DNI Metals, Mr. Dan Weir. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Good afternoon, Maurice. Before we begin, allow me to convey to our listeners that DNI Metals is a sponsor of Proven Improbable and that we are proud shareholders of DNI Metals for the virtues we will convey in today's message. Dan, for first time listeners, what is graphite? Where is it used? And why should investors care? Graphite is very common all over the earth. Um, we know it best is being used in a pencil. Uh, that's where everybody would have used it before. But you also have to remember that graphite touches everything or graphite has touched pretty much everything that you see in your life. Uh, every piece of steel that is manufactured has touched graphite in some way. Uh, graphite is used to line the crucibles that melts the iron ore that ultimately makes the steel. Graphite also is used in the electrodes for melting steel because steel can be made two ways. One is used burning coal to heat up uh, the metal. The other way is using electricity. And graphite having very good conductivity principles, um, it's used in the electrodes for melting the steel when they use uh, electricity. But in the future, the big growth demand for graphite is used in lithium-ion batteries. It's one of the biggest inputs into a lithium-ion battery. In fact, um, Elon Musk put it this way, that lithium in a lithium-ion battery is really just like the salt in a salad. Um, graphite is the anode in a lithium-ion battery. Um, and again, it's one of the biggest components. In fact, it's the second largest components besides the packaging or the plastic that holds the battery together. Now, thank you for that uh, brief overview. Now, Dan, when we last spoke in May, you and I were returning from Madagascar visiting DNI Metals' flagship project, Voigt Sierra. It's been a month, and I understand you just returned last week from Madagascar. Talk to shareholders about the latest developments beginning with infrastructure. So when you were there last time, Maurice, we were building our road. Um, we're very lucky because there's a paved highway that runs right through our property. Uh, our property is 63 square kilometers uh, in, in size, in, in miles, that would equate to what? Maybe about 50 square miles uh, is the size of it. So it's a very large land package. We, we sit 50 kilometers or 30 miles from a port. Uh, I'll show you a picture in a few minutes um, of exactly where it is in relationship to the port. Um, but what we had to do was build a two mile or three kilometer road in off the paved road back to where the main zone uh, of graphite is on our property. The main zone that we know of at this point in time, we're sure that there's gonna be multiple other zones but at this point in time, it's our main zone that we're focused on. In fact, as we put the road in, we've seen other um, layers of graphite or other 
potential zones as we've been putting the road in. So it's been very exciting to see all of this developed. It's been two and a half years that I've been working on this project. It's great to see that now I can actually drive back to the main zone instead of having to walk all the way through that, uh, through the jungle and everything else to get there. And Maurice knows well that uh, we walked in and out of there. It's, uh, it, it's a nice walk, but after years of walking back and forth through there, it's kind of nice to be able to drive back to the main, uh, uh, main zone. Dan, let's give uh, our listeners a visual and let's talk about uh, the most important thing I think here, is, which is drilling. Maurice, this is a map uh, of showing both Madagascar and where our property is in relationship to the port. As I mentioned earlier, we're only 50 kilometers to the port. So I'm going to use my cursor here. First of all, here is Madagascar. Madagascar is uh, one of the largest islands in the world. It's approximately 1,500 kilometers long and at its widest point about 500 kilometers wide. Um, our property sits in this square area right here. So um, this outside square is this square area. So central eastern side of the island. What's very important about where we're situated in the island is because um, of the other mining and the other material in this area. As you can see here, there's basically a ridge that runs right down along the eastern coast here. Um, the wind comes in off the ocean from the east, and what happens is, is this ridge is about 1.2 to 1.4 kilometers high. So three quarters of a mile to a, almost a mile high. What happens is as these warm, moist air comes in off the ocean, it dumps all the rain in this area. And you can actually kind of see on this small map here, you can see basically it's all green along the coast here, and it's quite drier throughout the rest of, of, the, of the country. What's important about that is, is when you have a hot climate where you get a lot of rainfall, you have weathering of the material. When you have weathering of the material, it's called saprolite is the name of it. And, and again, all it is is a fancy word for meaning it's been hard rock that's been weathered. That's how we differentiate what we're doing in Madagascar with what you find in North America or what you would find in places like Germany, Norway, Sweden, um, and in fact, China as well. So when, you're, when you have the saprolitic type material, the weathering of the rock can be anywhere from about 25 meters deep down to as much as 100 meters deep. Um, in this area of Madagascar, we tend to find it, uh, the weathering goes 25 meters to about 50 meters deep. It, it is fantastic. It's very easy, and what I mean by weathering is, is it's a clay, sandy material where you can just go in with an excavator and dig it up and process it. You do not have to drill it blast it, grind it up really fine before you process it. Our capital costs um, are significantly lower because you're not having to have all these different types of mills and grinding circuits. And our operating costs can be as much as half of what it is in a hard rock type deposit. So let me zoom in here just a little bit and just sort of show you. This is our property. It's an L-shaped property. Being a good Canadian, I call it a hockey stick. If you were Australian, might call it a boomerang. 
But you can see here uh, this shape, and this is 63 square kilometers. The yellow line here is the national highway, and it's all paved, and it goes right up to the main port for the, for the country, uh, which sits right here. So we're only 50 kilometers or 30 miles on this paved highway right up to the port itself. Maurice, now what I've done is on, on this picture, I've zoomed in to a very small portion of the hockey stick or, or the L-shaped part of our property. Just so everybody understands the map, the drill holes are on 80 meters spacings. Um, this is very exciting to me because you think 80 meters is approximately almost 90 yards and 90 yards is almost the length of a football field. So you can see how exciting this is to have mineralization over this uh, large distance. Uh, over to the side here, you can see the highway that runs uh, right up through here. Um, from the highway uh, over to where the main zone that we're focusing on, um, if you went by the crow fly, is approximately one mile. Now, because it's fairly hilly uh, up and down, uh, we built a new road that comes into here, and the new road runs for about three kilometers or about two miles. All right, so let's start and show you. Now, most people don't get excited about a road, but remember, I've been walking in and out of here on this black trail uh, through here for two and a half years. So it's really nice to have a nice new road uh, that runs along here back to the main part of the property. Um, it's very exciting for me to see that all being developed. Um, so what we did... Um, is that we had found a new zone uh, that sat fairly close to the highway. So as we were putting the road in, we decided to drill some holes in this secondary zone uh, that we have. There are other spots along on the road, um, which in the future interviews, uh, Maurice, I will show you some of these other spots, and we're going to sample some of those spots. Um, in the future so uh, I'll come back to those but there are other spots along the road new type zones that we have found as we've gone what we've decided to do was drill off the secondary zone first as we continue to build and complete the road and now we've started drilling in the main zone but first of all I want to focus on the secondary zone uh, uh, down over here now, Maurice, if you remember, you went on to this secondary zone. Um, and since you were there last, you saw one drill hole, which was this one here being drilled. We drilled a total of 12 holes on this secondary zone. What was very exciting uh, was, and I'm going to uh, draw, well, I'm sorry, I didn't want to do that. Uh, we're going to draw... Um, where we saw the majority uh, of the graphite. So these six holes in here is where we had lots of mineralization that came out of the holes. The other holes had a little bit of graphite in it, but these really showed large amounts of graphite in, in these uh, drill holes. We also, right here, have a cut in the road which is just showing this really dark concentration of graphite. So what we're thinking is, is that the, the zone extends not this way, but to the east going over this way. So we'll come back and drill some holes in the secondary zone. We'll drill one here. We'll likely drill one out here. 
and we'll drill some down in this area. We think that this whole area down through here contains all the graphite. We know there's a small river or creek right here that on the other side there's outcroppings of graphite as well. We'll go and drill some holes over here eventually as well. But this is very exciting because this could be a beautiful mine on its own uh, eventually. Again, I, I really emphasize this. Could be. We still have to assay all the results. And we have to prove that there is actually graphite out here by drilling holes. But I'm very, very excited just about this part of it. Dan, allow me, so, allow me to interject here. Can you confirm, are we doing diamond drilling here? No, this is uh, what you call air core drilling. Some people call it reverse circulation drilling. Because the material is a sandy clay type material, you can basically use air. Uh, high pressure air is pumped down the outside part of the, of the pipe and then it hits the material and blows it back up the center of the pipe and you collect it uh, as you're doing that. So. Um, the, the drilling is very, very simple to do that. We will bring in um, a, another drill, uh, a core type drill, um, and do some sampling with it as well, just to prove um, uh, and show for 43101 standards that relationship between the air core and the, and the core type drilling, um, just to make sure that all those numbers match. And before you leave the secondary zone, Talk to us about the depth of this drilling. Uh, the depth of this drilling, uh, uh, different holes went down to a few different depths. They range anywhere from about 25 meters in depth down to about uh, 40 meters in depth uh, in this zone. And again, that's the saprolytic type material. We stop when we hit the hard rock. Um, the hard rock will contain graphite as well, but that's not something that we're testing. We're really focused on this saprolytic or weathered type material. Now, we, I'm going to move along here, and again, this is this new road that we put in all along here, uh, back to the main zone. Our main zone here uh, runs for over three kilometers. This is not three kilometers. This only, where all these dots are, really is an, an area that's about 900 to 1,000 meters, meaning about a kilometer. But this zone does go from the south here, goes north um, uh, over a distance of about three kilometers. The width here is anywhere from about 300 to 500 meters wide is where we see the graphite mineralization. So what we've done is, if you look in the index here, these are holes that are finished and drilled or these green dots. So on this map, we show that there's been 10 holes drilled in the main zone. We're now up to about 15 holes that now have been completed in the, in the main zone. Um, and one complete trench that runs, which is this line here, that runs for 300 meters. When you were there, uh, Maurice, you saw about 80 meters of it over on this side. It now extends over here 300 meters. And we did start digging a trench up here to the north, which we started drill or sorry, digging to the east. We've now um, focused on moving a little bit further to the west. Um, the the samples from the secondary zone and from the uh, two holes from the main zone are on their way back uh, to a lab here in Canada. 
And over the next few weeks, uh, uh, a lot of those assays will start coming out, as well as the assays from uh, uh, parts of, the, of this trench right here. It's important to notice the reason why we do the trenching here is trenching can actually give you better results than drilling because especially if your materials at surface which a lot of our material is at surface um, you can get a, a better picture of the uh, of the mineralization and 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 the zones across that mineralization than just a small hole that goes up and down uh, you get a much better picture these trenches are about 1.8 to 2 meters deep they're about one and a half meters uh, in width, and as I mentioned, they'll, this first trench that is here runs for about 300 meters. I'm very excited about what has happened here. Um, the, the, a bunch of the holes here are starting to show beautiful mineralization, and it'll be very exciting to see the assay uh, results when they come in. Well, I'm quite excited myself to see the developments. It's quite aggressive. And uh, from and it was aggressive when we were there, actually. But let me ask you this as well. While we have this picture here, talk to us about community relations now. So a month has gone by, and a lot of activities occurred here. What's the relationship like? We have an amazing relationship with all the uh, local people. Um, most of the people here are quite poor that live out uh, on on the property. Um, and and by poor, what I mean is 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 they live basically in a shack uh, with a roof made out of palm leaves. A lot of them don't even own shoes. Um, that's how poor they are. Um, in general, they, they sort of live off a, a dollar to a dollar and a half a day, uh, which we can't even imagine trying to live off of that. But they do out, out here. Um, they plant uh, fruit trees and stuff to basically sustain themselves. Uh, they will make charcoal. Um, they do not uh, uh, exercise proper farming techniques. They tend to be a slash and burn, meaning that they'll just cut down everything. They'll plant a few fruit trees. Um, they grow over a certain amount of years. Then it, uh, as it gets overgrown, they just cut it all down again, burn it, and, and do the same thing all over again. Um, you know, they need to learn proper farming techniques, but to try and get them to change on that would be a very slow process. Us coming in and, first of all, putting a road in, they were very excited about that because they never had a road back here. There is a village that sits here, um, and it's now serviceable by a road. Um, this red um, uh, looking building right here is a school. We now brought the road that runs right up by their school right over close to the village. So they're extremely excited that, hey, now that you can actually bring vehicles right back uh, to their um, right back to their village and they're very excited about that. What we have done, um, any fruit trees uh, of theirs that we've cut down, uh, we've compensated them for that. And we begin uh, have begun planting fruit trees all along the side of the road uh, as well. So um, uh, they're very very excited to see all of this uh, happening here. They're also very excited to see as we develop this that there's potential for them to have jobs. Um, our ultimate goal is uh, in doing CSR work here is to is to do other things for the community which could include, I'm not saying it will uh, uh, exactly, 
um, medical facilities for them and schools and, and different things as well um, in the future. Sounds like a win-win proposition, and it's something we're delighted to be a part of as well here at Proven Improbable. Dan, last question here, all the work that's being done. Talk to us about permitting. So our property is fully permitted. Uh, that's another very exciting part about uh, about what we have here. If I want to put this thing into production tomorrow, we can. Um, and, and you know, you try and get a permit done anywhere else in the world, uh, it can take uh, a year or or years and years in order to get those permits. It's exciting that we already have that as we develop this project. Um, one other thing I want to also no, uh, note to you, um, Maurice, that I have a, a local group that is that is getting samples done up for us from here. Um, in the next two weeks, you will see that we're going to pull uh, one to two tons of, of concentrate from this area. We're also going to pull one or two tons of material from this area as well. Um, we have a number of groups that are very eager to get those samples um, and 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 work with us in the future um, with uh, with this material. Our ultimate goal is to uh, build a uh, a small um, processing plant um, here to begin with. Uh, what I'd like to do is make it a portable plant where we can do testing here, we can do testing here, or potentially on some of the other zones uh, along here and start stockpiling some of the material and start selling some of the concentrate if we can um, uh, um, o over time here. And I think we can do that. Ultimate goal here is to bi actually build a full-on plant uh, that will produce approximately 10,000 tons a year of graphite in which that we can scale up very quickly to whatever size or whatever demand of material that we have out here. Um, a $10 million plant is going to cost us somewhere around $10 million. Uh, remember, that if you were in hard rock, um, it would be uh, double, triple, or quadruple that price to build the same, a similar type uh, plant. And, and again, it would take you years to get permits in order to be able to do that. Dan, on behalf of all the shareholders, we want to thank you for a job well done. Let me ask you this as well. If investors want to get more information regarding DNI Metals, please share the contact information. Yes, they can call me directly. You can call me anytime on my cell phone, 416-720-0754. Uh, That's 416-720-0754. Or email me, which is even better. Dan Weir, that's D-A-N-W-E-I-R at dnimetals.com. So that's Dan Weir at dnimetals.com. And please share the website as well. It's www.dnimetals.com. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. The website, again, is www provenandprobable.com you may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com Dan Weir of DNI Metals thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com the information presented on Proven and Probable 
is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.